Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. gospel hey what's gospel mean right it's actually the too good what too good to be true good news but it's still what still true what do I tell you every single time I stand up if what you believe to be true about God is not too good to be true then it's not gospel right there is no bad news to the right God is not like our doctor he does not say what Do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? The final word of God is Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. The final word of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the what? We still think the word of God's a book. We're struggling now. The, The final word of God is Jesus Christ. Watch this. Jesus is what God is saying. Hebrews 1 1 says, in the beginning, God spoke unto our fathers in the past through the prophets. Through the minor and the major prophets, right? He says, but he hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. So what is the language of God? It's not French. It's not Mandarin. It's not American English. The language of God is son. Listen. Sometimes we got to get, we got to let the word wash over us so we can see things a bit more clearly. Yeah, and so today I just want to share something that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trembling as I'm sharing today, but it's going to be all right. It's going to be good. I got a lot of different Bible passages for you today, and so we're going to hop around. So just kind of track with me. I'm going to read some from Romans 8. Everybody say Romans 8. I'm going to read some from Romans 8. I'm going to read some from Galatians 3. Romans 8, Galatians 3. And I don't even think, Miss Sherry, I know you're in the back. I don't even think I gave you John 15, but, but, but we'll hit a lot of passages. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 8. Remember, um, we started talking about just the, the working of the Spirit and being, watch this, being spirit people or wind people a few weeks ago. The word spirit in Greek is pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. If you look it up, it literally means this. It means breath or wind or spirit. Breath, wind, or spirit. In the right portion of your Bible, you may read the word wind or you may read the word spirit, but it's all the same if you you were trying to read it in the Greek. Um, And so most of us men probably have in our garage, not most of us, some of us, we have what's called a pneumatic air gun. It is an air-powered air gun, right? Um, if you like watching uh, race cars, I don't like watching race cars. To me, it's the most boring sport on the face of the I can, I, I can sit outside my house and watch cars drive by. <laughs> the most exciting thing about that is watching them change tires. And they can change four tires in like, I don't know if it's 10 seconds. It's fast. But they're using a pneumatic air gun. It's just, it's, it, it's air-powered. It's a pneumatic air gun. So what does the word spirit mean? Numa. Remember last week, John 3, 8, he says, the, Jesus talking to Nicodemus, the wind blows, 
That word wind there, same word for spirit, pneuma. The pneuma blows where it wants to. You don't control where it's coming from, neither where it's going to. Which is why most churches don't want to really be spirit-focused or centered churches because we want to control what happens. Right? But you can't, you can't control the wind. We can try to read it, but you can't control the wind. Right? And then Jesus says this, So are they who are born or carried by the wind. In other words, as unpredictable as the movement of Holy Spirit is, that's how pre- unpredictable you and I are supposed to be in our personal lives. So quiet in here, you can what? Here, moth pee on a cotton ball right now. It's good. It's good, good, good. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 8. Uh, let's read verses 14 through 17, and then I'll read uh, 28 through 30. Romans 8, 14 through 17. My Bible's falling apart here. Romans 8, 14 through 17, and then I'm going to read 28 through 30. I love Romans 8. It's, that's so much in Romans 8. You can get lost in here. But remember also two weeks ago, verse 14, as many as are led by what? The Spirit of God, they are what? Sons of God. He says, you didn't receive the Spirit of God that takes you into bondage, which leads to fear, but you receive the Spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? Abba, Father. In America, especially in Pentecostal churches, we say like the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's pitiful theology. Please don't go say that. That's bad. The Holy Spirit's role in your life is not to make you bilingual. That is like some of the most immature. I know people that are bilingual that never cry out to God and say, Abba, Papa. I believe the chief, if you want to pick one, the chief trait that we should be looking for are those that identify with God, not just as God, because the Muslims have one of those, the Hindus have one of those, the Confucius have one of those. I'm looking for people that know that we have a Abba in the heavens. Come on now. And he says that spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All right? Let's look at... uh, Well, that is almost 14 through 17. Let's look at 28 through 30. Let's look at 28 through 30. And we know, this is a refrigerated Bible verse, we know that all things work together for the good of those who what? Love God to those who are what? The called according to his purpose. Now, this is what he says. I love this right here. He said, for whom he did foreknow. Everybody say, he is God. He is Father. For whom the Father did foreknew, that means he knew you before you were created on the earth. He knew us before we arrived. For whom he did foreknew, he also predestined. Everybody say this. Say, I existed before I existed. Whom he did foreknow, he also predestined. Pre means for, destined means finish. He literally saying, I had finished your life before you arrived. And what was it supposed to be? He predestined to be conformed to the what? What is the working of the Holy Spirit doing? He is always conforming us to look like who? Jesus. Not Benny Hinn. Jesus. Not Josh Jones. Jesus. Right? That he might be 
the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, whom the Father did predestine, the same people he also called. He also justified. And these he also glorified. Let's look at Galatians 3, uh, maybe 2 through 5. Shabbat. Galatians 3. Love Galatians 2. Let's look at, no, let's look, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Let's do that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. And then, uh, yeah, we'll take a break there. Paul says, oh, you foolish Galatians. Now, that's bad when a preacher call you foolish. How would you like, I wish I went to Paul's church. No, you don't. Oh, you foolish Galatians. He said, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Big cultural thing today. He said, because before your eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as being crucified. Paul said, I painted a beautiful picture for you, and you should have no doubts of the fact that Jesus was crucified. Next verse. He said, I got one thing I want to learn from you. If Paul says that, I'm like, it's bad, about to be really bad for you. I got one thing I want to learn from you. He said, did you receive the Spirit by obeying the law or works of the law? That's what he said. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or did you receive the Spirit by hearing of faith? In other words, did you say, if I keep these 37 right now, I receive the Spirit. He said, did it happen for you that way? Or did you receive it by faith? It's the Greek, it's pistis or pistis. It means to put trust in, to put hope in. Did you receive God's spirit because you did something right or was it by faith? Next verse. He said, are you so foolish? You begun in the spirit. In other words, they did receive God's spirit by faith, not works. He said, that is you starting in the spirit. He said, you begun, you started right in the spirit. He said, but now do you think you're going to finish or be made whole or perfect or complete in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it really was in vain? Next verse. Therefore, the father who supplies his spirit to you and the one who works miracles among you by my hand. This is Paul talking. Does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? I got a question for you, Way Family Church. Does the Spirit of God moving in our midst, not just in the church service, in your everyday life, does God do the things he does to us, through us, for us, and by us because we got it all right, or does he do it because we're people of faith? Matter of fact, if the Spirit of God would come to people because they obeyed the law, every Pharisee, Sadducee, and scribe would have been the most spirit-filled people on the planet. They made Jesus look bad. But it didn't come that way. It didn't come that way. Thank you, Lord. I want to read something to you here for a moment, and then we'll just have a kind of a family side chat in this talk. A fable from the land of India is often told of four blind men who heard of a wondrous animal called, buckle your seatbelts, an elephant. To learn more about this strange creature, 
these four blind men arranged to go and see it for themselves. Some of y'all look slow, so I'm going to say it again. These four blind men arranged a trip so that they could go and see it for themselves. There you go. Okay, okay, we go, we go, okay. There we go, okay. So, as they entered the compound where the elephant was kept, the blind men groped until they encountered the beast. The first blind man ran in the compound. He was first of all, and he hits the beast right in the side. And he says, oh, I can really see what this elephant's like. And he rubbed the elephant up, and he rubbed the elephant down. And just to make it rhyme, he rubbed the elephant all around. He carefully rubbed his hands up and down and back and forth along the dusty hide of this mammoth animal. And then loudly, he announced to his friends, Aha, I see what an elephant is like. An elephant, he said, is like a massive wall. Now I know, and I'm the first to see it. The second man gets in the room. He's a little bit slower. He's groping along the wall until he bumps into this mammoth of a beast. And he encounters the elephant's leg. Grasping the leg in his trembling hands, he answered back, You don't know what you're talking about. Because an elephant is not at all like a monstrous wall. Rather, he says, an elephant is a lot like a really big tree. I see it better than you do. You want to get around some confused folks. Get around some blind people talking about who see things the best. Watch that. A.K.A. American Christian Dub. This is what we're doing right here now. Watch it. Meanwhile, the third blind man runs into the compound. Hearing the first man say an elephant is, is really like a massive wall. Hearing the second man so no, say, no, you're wrong. An elephant is really like a monstrous tree. He says, you're both wrong. What are you, blind? And he ran, <laughs> you're sharp. Whoever said it, you're really sharp. I mean, you need, he, he runs into the elephant's tusk. He's like, you're both wrong. It's not like a massive tree. Neither is it like a big wall. He said, rather, it feels hard, but yet smooth. It has a pointed tip. And he rebuked his friends and said, what foolishness is this? Are you blind? It's not like nothing you said. I can tell you very plainly that an elephant is really like a big spear. Ah, yes, and here's the fourth blind man as he encounters the mammoth of a beast. And he encountered his trunk. Leaping back in terror, he exclaimed, you're all wrong. What, are you all blind? It's not like a spear. It's not like a tree. It's not like a massive wall. For I know in fact that an elephant is really like a big snake. The four blind men left the compound in a heated argument about the true nature of an elephant. Each man was thoroughly convinced that he was right and that the others were wrong. Listen to this. Each was thoroughly convinced that he was right and that the others were wrong. Each based his judgment on his own personal experience, never suspecting 
that there was far more to an elephant than what any one of them could comprehend. Hence, Matthew, it is, I believe, with the Trinity and with so much of what we call faith. If I gave it Matthew the microphone and said, tell me of your experience with, with Holy Spirit. He could share and it would move my heart. I could pass it and say, Hannah, tell me your experience with Holy Spirit. And she would share. Maybe quite different than what Matthew shared, but yet be true. I would say, Aaron, share your experience. And he would say, this happened to me, man, and Holy Spirit gave me comfort. And all of which would be true. But I think sometimes, honestly, here in the West, is that we think we got things all figured out. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't got nothing figured out. I still lose my car keys every week. but yet I have got God figured out. I got him figured out in a 60-minute service. I got, I got him figured out because I have a 1,500-year-old book, 2,000-year-old book. I got him figured out. <laughs> I got him figured out because I go to a seeker-sensitive church. No, you don't. I got him figured out because I go to a Baptist church. No, you don't. I got him figured out because we go to the Methodist church. No, you don't. I got him figured out because we go to the Catholic church. Well, we better than all y'all. We got him figured out because we go to the non-denominational church, which is a non-denomination to itself. Nobody has anything figured out. Like real talk. Me trying to say my single experience with the Holy Spirit is exactly who he is, is like trying to take one pixel of a picture and determine what the whole is. When it has hundreds of thousands or millions of pixels in it. So the best way to really get a glimpse of the majesty of who Holy Spirit is, is you got to take all the pixels like a piece of a puzzle and begin to put them together. And it looks like chaos at first, but boy, when you look back for the last 2,000, really, you can look back to, to all the way to Eden. You can look back over the long course of time and begin to see, oh man, Holy Spirit was doing that. Wow. And you can see how he was shaping the landscape. So I'm telling you, I got very little actually figured out. What I do know is that God is good. God is love. He's kind. He is grace. He is truth. And that his spirit now lives, whether you like it or not, on the inside of every human being. Matter of fact, you can't find a created thing that was created outside of God. Because if you, if you can find anything that can sustain life outside of God, you are calling that thing a God unto itself. In him is life and light. We may not like it, but there isn't a human being on the planet that hasn't been forgiven. Past tense. You can't, find a, you can't find a human being. Listen, I grew up in an area, guys, they would tell you crazy stuff like God's spirit don't live in you because you didn't say the prayer yet. No, no, hold up. Which, which, by the way, Jesus never walked up to one person and said, if you repeat this prayer, I will mysteriously, I'll jump into your heart and I'll be the Lord of your life. Try, please find me that Bible verse real quick. Don't, don't waste time. You never find that Bible verse. It doesn't exist. Neither is it in church history, just by the way. I want to just bless you with that revelation right now in Jesus' name. We've done some 
horrendous things in our nation, but one of the worst is that trying to tell people how God is not a part of their life. You can live as if he's not a part of your life, but you can't take God out of anything. Hmm? Thank you for that thunderous applause. You blessed me with that. Whoa, overwhelming. We tell, I was home a few months back and I'm from the, one of the most religious areas on the planet, like real talk, for real, real, real. And I'm sitting there with my aunt and I'm just, I'm messing with my aunt a little bit, right? I wanted to see things a little bit differently. And I grab her new grandbaby, her great grandbaby. And I'm holding him. And I say, aunt, is this baby filled with the life of God? She's like, what are you talking about? Is he filled with the life of God? Yeah. I said, at what age will he not be filled with the life of God? We call it the age of what? Accountability. Whatever that is. I mean, you look, find me that Bible verse 2. What age does God say, now I'm jumping out of you. Now you're going to have to get the prayer right now. I'll jump back in you. And I'm telling you, based off that, I, God better have some big calves because I kept him jumping all the time. Just like God. He's a hopscotch master. Seriously, this is, this is how I, I personally grew up. And literally what I was doing, Matthew, is I was trying to get approval, affirmation, acceptance, hope that God's spirit would live inside of me. And I was doing it by what Paul called works of the law or human effort or performance. And Paul clearly says, mankind does not receive God's spirit based off works of the law. If it could have been done, Israel would have done it. But it did not happen for them, and it does not happen for us that way. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We do not receive the Holy Spirit from doing good works. We do not receive Holy Spirit in our lives from doing good works. That is beautiful. I love messing with people. Right? We say this all the time here. I always want to come back and hit it just to remind us. You can't get close to God because you're already in him. <laughs> if you can, how do you get close to God? We always say the same five things. Read the Bible more. Try that one. Pray more. Try that one. Fast. That's, that's the hardest one for me right there. Watch this. Serve more. Better church attendance. All human efforts to try to approach a God by our own work somehow. So Paul says 164 times, you are in Christ. Why would you try to get close to somebody that you're in? God freely gave us of his spirit. Now you can choose to live as if it's not true and never be awakened to the fact of what's already been done for you. But I'm telling you, friends, the spirit of God is alive and well on the inside of humanity. So what does it mean to really be filled with God's spirit? The, the question has never been, are you filled with God's spirit? That it really has never been the question. I would ask people this, is Holy Spirit in your life right now? E 
don't know. I don't know. Well, watch this. If I don't get God's spirit given to me by good works, if I believe God's spirit is already in me, you know where Paul said what he was awakened to when he really encountered Jesus in Galatians? He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. Where was he at when you found him, Paul? In me. Where, where does the Holy Spirit come bubbling up out of like rivers? Wait, no, it's rivers outside, but then the rivers jump inside and then it just comes, right? Just, we're just slowly tipping, tipping cows over. <laughs> Paul tells a group of pagans in Acts 17, they were worshiping at idolatrous altars. He tells those people, he says, we love this refrigerator verse, Acts 17, 28. He says, the God that I'm talking about right now, he says, in him you live, move, and have your being. Who's he talking to? Pagans. He was telling pagans that right now, this very moment, in the God that I'm preaching to you, you're living, breathing, and moving in him right now. In the next verse, he says this. And you are his offspring. What? It's the Greek word genos. It's where we get genealogy. How can that be the case? Because the greatest lie of religion and the enemy is that you somehow are outside of God. How can you be outside of what the scripture calls the one who fills all in all? Paul said there is one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit. Then he says this, one God and one father of all, over all, and through all. I'm trying to figure out how many is all. So we got people doing hopscotch with the Lord, thinking the Lord's in and he's out and he's in and he's out and he's in and he's out, never recognizing that the wondrous gift by way of the incarnation is that God has forever united all humanity to himself, but we share the gospel because humanity don't know what's already been done for them. And this is why we share what's called good news. We receive the Holy Spirit apart from works but watch this. Even though we receive the Holy Spirit apart from works, Matthew 5, 16, we're not saved by works, but we are saved unto good works. I don't walk around and say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. You're just lazy. I, the spirit of whoop comes on me, I'm telling you. Is that it right there? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good what? works and glorify your father in heaven. Paul would go on and tell the church of Ephesus, he says that we had good works that were prepared for us to do before the foundations of the world. I'm not saved by good works. I don't receive God's spirit by good works, but I am empowered by a spirit to do good works. Like try picking up the neighbor's trash. It won't kill you. Unless, I mean, unless they're a mess, but you get, you get the point, Right? So come on, everybody get to say, I don't receive the Holy Spirit by good works, but by faith. Faith in what? Faith in what had already been done. Listen. Faith in what had already been done. Exodus 13. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Should I or shouldn't I? I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me just, let me stick to my notes so I get ahead of myself. Now watch this. Jesus says this. Jesus says, as the Father sent 
me, Jesus was sent by the Father. He said, as the Father sent me, anybody know the rest of that verse? So send I you. Now watch this. Jesus is the visible image, Colossians 1.15, of the what? Invisible God. So Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. In other words, if you want to know what Papa looks like, you don't look to Brother Moses. You look at who? Jesus. That being said, I need you to listen to this now. Jesus is the visible image. I'm going to put a J here. Jesus is, this is a V, the visible image of the invisible who? God. Watch this. God creates the cosmos as the Trinity, but yet humanity had always wanted to know, what do you look like and what are you like? They sent prophets. They got some stuff right, but we were still confused. God sent judges. They got some stuff right. We were still confused. God gave us law. They got some stuff right, but we were still confused. A whole lot of rules that were good, but still left us confused. And finally, God's like, you know what? I'm going to send somebody. If he can't do it, nobody can. And who does God send? As the Father sent me, so send I you. Jesus comes and says, I'm going to make plain or visible the God that's always been invisible. Now, this is cool. But when Jesus was on the planet, specifically John 14, he tells his disciples, he's like, look, I don't want y'all to get upset, but I ain't staying here much longer. I'm out. Where are you going? And then in America, we use this at funerals. This is not a funeral verse. We, we, this is not a funeral verse. He says, you believe in God. Believe, you believe in my father. Believe also in me. Because then my father's what? House. Oh, King James. There are many what? Mansions. Bad translation. <laughs> Jesus is, I know Jesus is a carpenter, but he's not in heaven building mansions for you. Please don't think that. That's not what that means. That means there is room. I'm making room in the Father for you. Many abodes, much room. Don't be troubled when I tell you I'm leaving. And then he says this, I will not leave you comfortless or alone. I never forget a lady, friend of mine back home, she asked her daughter one time, she said, how was kids church? You know, they always say, good. Like I asked my kids, what did you learn about today? God, that's a religious cop out. Let me use their terminology, Cap. What did you learn about today? So you got to ask them details. So she's like, what did you learn about? She said, I, you know what, Ma? I was, a, I, I was a little confused. He was talking about blankets and stuff. She's like, blankets? So she said, I called you. The, the kids passed. Like, what were y'all talking about? He's like, oh, I was talking about how the Holy Spirit's a comforter. <laughs> anyway, just kiss. He is a mighty wall. Just anyway, just. Yeah, some of y'all get that tomorrow. Just ask somebody in the back what it means. So Jesus said, Hey, I'm out. But I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you with a comforter. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. Another in the Greek is the word allos, it means another of the same kind. It literally means. When the helper comes, I'm going to put helper, I'm thinking about hamburger. I'm going to put helper or Holy Spirit. When he comes, watch this. He will help you do in my absence what I would do if I were physically there. 
I'm about to throw this water bottle. I said, the Holy Spirit will help you do, Jesus says, what I would do if I were physically present with you. So Holy Spirit comes. God the Father was invisible. Jesus came to make him visible, except Jesus left. So if I want to know what the Father's like, how do I know what Jesus looks like? Because Jesus looks like the Father, but you gone. He said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another helper. He is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, John 14, you know what he's going to do? The Holy Spirit is going to testify of, he's going to talk about Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus don't talk about your spouse. Jesus don't talk about your pastor. Jesus don't talk about your bad boss. You know what Jesus talks about? I mean, the Holy Spirit talks about Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us back to Jesus. Jesus always points us back to the Father. Do you see just a minutely a little bit of how it works? And anytime you encounter Jesus, whether you know it or not, the Father's there and the Holy Spirit's there. And anytime you feel like I'm encountering the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not, the Father's present and Jesus is present. They don't go nowhere alone. They have always been one and they will always be one. The Holy Spirit is literally bearing witness to Jesus so that, watch this, if the incarnation, which is the birth of Jesus Christ, spirit taken on flesh, the purpose of the incarnation was to get us to, I didn't read it today, but I'm going there, Penty what? Cost, which literally means 50. The incarnation by what Jesus been born literally held us over until Pentecost. Now, because of Pentecost, what's Pentecost? The outpouring of God's spirit visibly on the planet happens so that, watch this, now the incarnation will be a reality every day because Jesus still lives by way of Holy Spirit on the earth in whom? That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Did did y'all catch that? The incarnation comes to us to make Pentecost a reality. And then the Pentecost points back to the beauty of the incarnation. Now Christ is still on the earth, active and moving through us. So when you, when you, when your homegirl at work gets on your nerves and she says something, you want to tell her off. And then you know what? I feel a Proverbs 15 rising up in me. A soft answer turns away wrath. That's Holy Spirit. See, we want to see Holy Spirit do things like this, which is awesome. Get him out of a wheelchair. Hobo. Ah, but if you cussing out your neighbor all the time, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna have no hobos. It is not going to happen for you, right? We want God to entrust us with what Jesus called true riches, but we're missing it in the day to days. We want spectaculars, but I'm telling you, we're missing the beauty of the Holy Spirit in the simple things. Come on. I almost said, ain't he all right? But I didn't do it. So watch this. Acts chapter 2 is primarily known as the day of Pentecost. We, we good. I'm 30 minutes early. We're doing really well. The first day of Pentecost happens 50 days after Passover. 50 days after they come out of Egypt is the first day of Pentecost. This is really good, Tiffany. The first day of Pentecost is when Moses came off the mountains with the two tablets, the big 10. And he comes off the mountain. It's the first Pentecost. 
He just been talking to God, seeing God, and what does he find? What are they doing? Worshiping what? They're worshiping golden calves. And Moses, I mean, Brother Aaron, whoo, Brother Moses comes off. Deacon Moses comes off the mountain looking righteous, holding them tablets. Like, you know, he's been with God, face glowing. Literally, face is glowing. And he's like, Aaron, what's going on? And Aaron is like, um, Aaron's like, huh? What are you talking about? He's like, why y'all worshiping this gold? Matter of fact, where did the gold calf come from? Where did, that, where did that gold calf come from in their mind? That's what they worshiped in Egypt. He said, where did he come from? This is what, this is what Aaron said. He said, um, well, what had happened was I, I just asked everybody for their jewelry. And, I, you know, I mean, God is good, Moses. I took it all, and I just threw it in the fire. And this is what the Bible said. He said, and a calf jumped out. I'm like, you, you, can't, you can't lie better than that. He said, and, and, and you know, I came out, I'm just, I'm as, I'm as mystified as you. Why are they worshiping this golden calf? And Moses said, I have had enough. He didn't even get to read the Big Ten. He throws them down, breaks them, and then the Bible says he draws a line in the sand. Matt, is this in the Bible? It's in the Bible. He draws a line in the sand and said, listen, y'all crazy. Bunch of Popeye eating good for nothing. He said, if you on the Lord's side, come over here. It's in the Bible. That, that part's not in the Bible, but if you on the Lord's side, come over here. If not, stay over there. We're going to kill you. They're like, you ain't killing nobody. Guess how many people Moses killed? 3,000 people died that day. First day of Pentecost. They just came through one of the greatest deliverances in all of the known world, and they didn't have to lift one stinking finger. And their pastor was gone for a few days, and they went right back in their thinking to where they were before they ever really encountered Moses. Now remember, context is powerful. They would go on to spend the next 40 years wandering in a land that they should have gone through in 11 days. But God in mercy would literally appear to be a cloud by day. Don't think a little cloud. Think a cloud big enough to cover at least, at least minimum 2 million people because it gets hot in the desert and it gets cold at night. And then he would shift from being a cloud by day. The scripture says he would be a pillar of a fire by night. And he would go from keeping them cool in the day to keeping them warm at night and giving them light to see. They had central heating and cooling almost 3,000 years ago. Somebody said, no bills. Where are we talking? <laughs> Eat your heart out, OG&E. <laughs> they had central heating and cooling 3,000 years ago. God was dropping daylight donuts at their tent door. The Bible said that the dew would come down and rest on the ground. They would get up in the morning and manna would be sitting outside of their tent door. They just had to scrape it up and eat it. They complained about meat, and the Bible said God sent a wind, and he blew in quail to their door. That, that better than Jackby's. They, they, they brought it to their door. That's better than, they were Amazon Prime and stuff way back in the day. They were Israeli Prime and stuff. God said, I'll get right to your front door. Still not good enough. 3,000 men die on the first Pentecost. 
the whole nation had a cloud or the whole nation had one flame, it would have been majestic to watch. But it was a whole lot of blood and a whole lot of work and a whole lot of sweat and a whole lot of performance and a whole lot of fear, but a whole lot of glory, but a glory the Bible said that was fading. Fast forward, I don't know, 15 or so, 100 years down the road, here comes Jesus of Nazareth. He lives for 33 years, give or take a few months there, dies, lays down his life, appears, tells those that followed him, go back to Jerusalem, I'm going to meet you there. I'll meet you in Galilee, I'll meet you in Jerusalem. He makes this promise about Holy Spirit coming upon him. Like, what are you talking about? They listen to Jesus. They go. Jesus has died at Passover 50 days after Passover is approaching, and they've been in one room for 10 days, 120 people, no AC. You know what's think up in that piece. Come on, this is the Middle East, y'all. Some of y'all, y'all too safe. You got to read the Bible. They've been in that room 10 days. They really start praying. And the Bible says there comes a sound out of heaven that sounds like a rushing what? Mighty wind. And the Bible says cloven tongues comes in the room and it appears, this flame appears over every single man. You know what that flame was, right? The flame that appeared over 120 people, men and women, by the way, the flame that appeared that day was the same flame that had led them for 40 years in the wilderness. Except under the old Hebrew covenant, the nation had one flame. But under the new covenant, every man doesn't have one flame. Every man has their own individual flame. And that flame split from one massive flame and it got above over the head of every single Jewish law keeping person in the room. And that day the flame ceased to see, ceased to be above their heads in the sky. And the Bible said the flame that led them for 40 plus years in the wilderness split up in the cloven tongues and it didn't stay above their head. It sat on them. And they begin to speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And you contrast that Pentecost with the Pentecost that happened 3,000 or really 1,500 years before in the days of Moses where God wrote his law down on 10 commandments. And 3,000 people died that day. But this is fulfilling the prophecy of Jeremiah where he says, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And just so you don't forget who says it, he says, saith the Lord. And I will not write my law upon stony tablets, but I'm going to write my law upon the heart of mankind. And what I'm saying to you will no longer come from outside of you, but it'll be born on the inside of you. And on that day, 3,000 men didn't die. On that day, 3,000 people got swept into the kingdom of God. This is wrong gospel friend come on Alyssa how do we have a relationship with the one that we know is Holy Spirit if you're going to have a relationship with somebody you got to be able to watch this relate to them A relationship requires mutual interaction. Some of us have lost relationships because we didn't have that. 
It requires communication and mutual interaction. If I said, I want to know uh, Abraham Lincoln, I can read about Abraham Lincoln. I can research where he was born, tell you his favorite color, tell you his favorite cake. I can tell you how he likes his chicken. I can tell you the size of his, his shoe. I can tell you where he died. I can tell you all of his address. You can find a lot of stuff about Abraham Lincoln. I can even go to Brother Abe's grave and say, Abe, I love you, man. We tight. But you know something I can never have with Abraham Lincoln? A relationship. Why? Because a relationship requires mutual interaction. (laughs) You and I literally get to speak to God. And we get to have union with the Father by way of His Spirit living on the inside of us, guys. And this is true. And it will forever be true. No, I'm going to just stop. I'm not going to do that. I'll, we'll save it for next week. Let me just close my notes out here. I want to say this to you today. I want to, one, I want to encourage you. Watch this. You can be as aware of God as you desire. We all want to be more aware of God. I get it when we say I want to be close. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. But practically, like... You can literally just walk through your day and say, Holy Spirit, how you doing? And just just stand and listen. See if you hear something. How many of you ever lost your keys? You're like, uh, man, God, where, where are them keys at? And you ask, Holy Spirit, I do this all the time. Hey, where, I, I have to do it all the time because I lose them all the time. Holy Spirit, where's my keys? Now, there's not like this blistering voice that says, Thus saith the Lord, thy keys are under the third pillow on the couch where the kids have been hiding from thee, saith the Lord. It doesn't happen that way. At least not in my house. I mean, it might happen for Chris. I mean, I don't know how he does it. but It don't happen like that in Twin Oaks. But I'm learning to give way to watch this, the nudges I feel in my heart. You have this mutual interaction. Sometimes it's as simple as, I know the Bible says thou shalt not steal. I believe the Spirit of God gave me this. And I don't steal, not because I don't feel like stealing. I don't steal because I think Scripture says we're not supposed to do that. Because that's not God's nature. That's Spirit-led too. Yeah, but you didn't hear nothing. I don't hear a lot of things. But in here, you're learning to follow. Watch this. For the sons of God are those that are led by what? The Spirit of God. The sons of God are those that are led by the Spirit of God. I want to say this and I'm done. You can't get no more of God's Spirit than what you already have. But you can come back to the fountain of who God is and keep on drinking and keep on drinking and keep on drinking. I think it's in the book of Ephesians when Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, which is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's written in the tense that means get filled and get filled again and get filled again and get filled again. Every time my attitude stinks, I know, man, you know what? I'm lacking something. It's a good time to go back and drink again, right? And just ask the Holy Spirit, wash over me again. Would you stand to your feet with me? I feel like I want to do this as quickly as I can, but I feel like the Holy Spirit literally wants to fill voids in the room today. If you know, hey man, I got this thing in my life. I don't like this thing here. I feel like I have a void here. I just want the Holy Spirit to so fill me that I don't have any vacancies for nothing else. Feel how I think. Feel how I talk. I want to interact with you. I want to be led by you. 
You've written your law upon my heart, your way of doing things. I want to know what it means to live life, watch this, from the inside out. Just lift your hands with me for a moment. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. Holy Spirit, I know that you are here with us right now. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to literally arrest any mindsets in us, any ways of thinking. Even if we use verbiage, a terminology, if we have a certain thing that we always do that you know and we know it's really not pleasing in your sight, we don't want to make excuses as to why we do it. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to live life your way. I'm telling you, this is going to be the year of no excuse for some of us. From now to Christmas, you're watching the Holy Spirit literally sweep in the crevices of your life. I'm telling you, they're written a closet. He don't want to open up and say, you know what? You've had that there for a while. I want to get rid of that thing. And you've had that for a while. I want to get rid of that thing. Because this is going to be the year. You know what it's like to really be filled. Not because you know it in your heart like I know this to be true. No, you need to know that you know that you know. This is more than a Bible verse. This is Holy Spirit literally flooding your life with the light of who he is. I just want you just to take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, I receive you now in your fullness. Can you do that? Holy Spirit, I receive you now in your fullness. Holy Spirit, I receive you now in your fullness. And just take a moment and just receive. How do I do this? It's all by faith. It's by trust that he is God's gift to you, that you don't have to work for it. You just simply receive him because he is the gift of God toward all humanity. Come on, the deep part inside of you is crying out to the depths of who God is. Deep cries unto deep at the noise of these water spouts. Holy Spirit, I receive you now into my life. I, I receive your fresh outpouring. I receive your fresh wind. I receive your fresh rain. However it comes, Lord, I just receive it. I receive the wisdom that comes from you. I receive the direction that comes from you. I receive the correction that comes from you. And if I have been entertaining thoughts or actions that are not from you, I just say, Lord, I yield that over to you, and I'm willing to trust you, and I just receive you now in Jesus' name. Come on, you don't got to overcomplicate it. You don't even got to feel it. You just got to have trust that the Holy Spirit is given to you that way. I used to pray when I was 18, from 18 to 20. I prayed this all the time. I would say, Holy Spirit, will you give me Mickey ears in the spirit? Will you give me big ears? And I found out he really didn't have to give me big ears. He was just working on me being sensitive in the moment. But I pray that of you that, that the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit would once again be yours. I pray that the Holy Spirit literally turns down every other voice, turns down the volume of every one of life's distractions, and he lets you hear again. Some of you guys are just coming out of broken relationships, and you can't hear nothing but the pain and chaos of where you came from. But I'm telling you, Abba Father is saying, I'm still speaking to you. You're just trying to keep your head above water realistically and pay the bills. But the Lord said, I'm still speaking to you. Some of you, you can't hear his voice because of just all the pain. You don't know the voice of the shepherd. You just know the voice of all the strangers. But I'm telling you, there's a divine reacquaintance happening by the voice of the shepherd speaking right to your heart. You are my sheep, Jesus says, and my sheep know my voice. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him.
I'm the God that feels all in all. I'll so crowd your life out that I won't leave room for nothing else. I feel all in all. I feel all in all. I feel all in all. I'm the God that visits your wilderness and I make it into a fruitful field. I feel all in all. If your life is filled with bruises, he says, I won't break you. If you feel like you're smoking, literally flax, and you're about to lose your flame, he says, I won't let that happen. I'll be gentle with you. I'll be kind to you. You are not what you have been through. I put my spirit in you. Just receive his life today. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, any grateful people in the room today for just the fullness of God's spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask Parker just to put some music on in the back. I just want to do this today. I just want you to know, hey, man, our altars are open. If you just want to come and take a few moments to just sit and just linger, think, talk. Even if you want prayer, come forward. We'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Some of our team will pray with you. I don't want you to feel like you have to be in a rush. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you next week. Have an amazing day. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.